Welcome to the first episode of the R. Bill Simmons podcast. I am Tribe here, and I am with two other guys that you guys will know from the sub. We have Bob Weir. Are you still Sex Shorts, or what's your current username on the sub? Uh, currently Hot Legs, uh, but, you know, I will always be Sex Shorts. So Sex Shorts in spirit, but Bob, Bob Weir's Hot Legs. And then we've also got Pop and Jay. What's going on, Pop? What's up, man? How you doing? So we're we're good here. This is going to be fun. The first episode here, maybe the only one. We'll see. But we want to start with kind of how the three of us and a lot of others have been talking recently. We did a Reddit Bill Simmons fantasy league. So this was inspired by Bill hyping up the Superflex, and we'll get into that. We did that for this league. We did not do an auction. Um, we'll also get into that. So we kind of we're kind of a little booger eater league. <laughs> and there was a couple of posts going on late August that people in in the sub were were hyped up to do the league. They were um, I think there was a couple leagues too. Uh, Bob, we were going to talk about that. So um, we we've had this league. We've we had a fun time doing it. We have a pretty constant chat that we it's kind of an extension of the sub. So for this episode, we wanted to first go over the league a little bit, kind of laugh at some of the, the funny moments along the season because we did have some funny ones. After that, we'll do a little sub-talk, a little current events, uh, Reddit Bill Simmons talk. Each of us is going to bring a take to discuss. And then at the end of the episode, so, you know, we're, we're fantasy nerds here. We, we love fantasy football. We're going to do a recap of the draft that we did. So, again, kind of funny. Um, But we're not going to be like, you know, we're not going to be out there doing um, doing this immediately as part of the show. So that'll be at the end. If you guys like fantasy a lot and it'll partly kind of be to a recap of just in general, the the fantasy season for everybody. We'll have that at the end, um, but we'll do um, the the other stuff I mentioned at the beginning. So speaking of this league, why don't I throw it to you, Bob? Um, You're the commissioner of this league. How did this league get started? Yeah, um, you know, there was, as you alluded to, there had been a a weekend, um, probably it was probably what, late August, where there was a a lot of interest in general being expressed in, you know, there's a few different posts going around um, about people trying to start a a BS themed um, fantasy league. And I threw my, you know, I threw out some comments. I threw my name in the hat. Um, and I even offered to be the commissioner, you know, I, I'd done it for a couple weeks before, you know, kind of find it to be a little fun. Um, and from there I get a message from, um, the, a former, uh, co-host of, uh, good and bad wonky. Um, and, uh, uh, what was, what's the other one? A pot about sub pot about uh, sub. Yep. <laughs> uh, a man by the name of no hype network, uh, messaged me, um, and asked about, if maybe we should get a side league started, um, maybe, you know, send out some messages to people, see what kind of interest is out there. Um, and that's how we ended up getting some guys like we have pop and Jay, obviously here we got Doot was some of you might recognize Doot from around RBS, um, pirate Pilates, uh, jokers are wild. Um, I think tribe didn't, weren't there some Twitter people involved as well? Yep, there's a couple guys off of Twitter. 
um, a Jelly Beans, another guy as well. So yeah, really, we tried to. There was there was a couple posts going around, like you mentioned. So we we messaged people that were in those posts. We messaged some people that we've spoken with uh, on the sub, and hey, we ended up getting a twelve man league. Well, I want to give a special shout out to the Jelly Beans, especially for letting it all come together in the eleventh hour, because. Uh, for whatever reason, we felt like we needed to have the draft one night from when we had the idea to start this league. <laughs> it was really quick. <laughs> yeah, it did, things came together quickly. Um, but we had 11 people in a 12-man league with three, four hours to go. And in the 11th hour, Jelly Beans, like the hero he is, stepped in and saved the fucking day. It was awesome. And so what I what I like about the league is that we 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 tried to go heavy on Simmons where we did the super flex. And like I don't know about you guys, but I so I have not played in a super flex before. And for everyone who, who's not aware of that, it's one QB and ideally you're gonna be starting two QBs because you can start a QB in this flex position. So with twelve teams, twenty-four QBs, you know, you, you have to pay a very good attention to most of the QBs in the league. And it completely changes the draft order too, because mm-hmm. y- you really have to like in the mid rounds, you're picking, Oh, we, we get jokers in there. Fantastic. So we'll, we'll bring him in in a second, but it, that was a really fun part of it. And, and I got to give credit to bill because I would not have thought to be in a, in a two QB league or a super flex league. And now I'm telling the other leagues I'm in, like I- I'm not, saying that we need to do it for the next year but i'm kind of putting that feeler out being like hey i i tried a, a super flex league this year and i really enjoyed it um you know well, maybe you think about it too so hey, well, I don't know yeah man you have to wait until after your draft that. to suggest to do super flex everyone knows that right <laughs> yeah, that's what bill did right yeah. <laughs> well when we decided to do snake so actually you so bob you were in another you were in two Bill Simmons leagues. So how did that other league go with the auction? Because I, I've got some thoughts on that too of why yeah, an yeah. auction might not work with new people, certainly. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I, there was another, another uh, auction league that started up that I, uh, I threw my, my hat in the ring for. Um, and there was definitely not a whole lot of parity in that league. Um, there was a couple of 12 and 2 teams. And a few two and twelve teams. It, it was super flex, just the same, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a disaster on some Sundays for sure. <laughs> well, and the problem with the auction is that because I've been in a couple of auctions before. If you're starting, if you if it's your first auction, it's extremely difficult to know what players actually should be going for. So I don't know, like, how did that auction even go? Like, how did the team, did some teams dominate? Did other teams waste all their money and have, like, 10 players they had to do bid $1 for? Well, so I really think that, um, you know, I think it was also another league where a bunch of people had not experienced Superflex before. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people prior that were saying, oh, make sure you remember quarterbacks are more important. So <laughs> my strategy going in was I sat in the draft and let everyone bid over all the quarterbacks. And then I got two. Um, I walked away with Kyler and Russ who, you know, weren't the best, but waited, you know, sat on about $50 of my auction budget until probably the sixth or seventh round. 
and then just made a killing grabbing two $3 wide receivers that were like Amon Ross St. Brown, Terry McLaurin, um, you know, these receivers in a full PPR league who just ended up really making a difference. Um, so I think there was someone that did psych everyone out prior saying like, oh, make sure you remember you got to get quarterbacks. And then it was just a frenzy over quarterbacks. Yeah, see, this is why I totally disagree with Bill and his booger eater claim, because the pro- the problem with auction is that if you're not used to it, at least for one year, it's going to totally throw off the draft because no one knows what they're doing. So it's going to be a situation like what you just described, where people are getting these incredible players for a dollar or two dollars. So like Bill can, you know, he can. Uh, like, again, I, I will totally appreciate Bill hyping up the Superflex because we did that and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But the auction is just one one step too far. But, um, yeah, jo- let's bring Jokers in here because he just joined integral part of the league. And, and Jokers, can, can you t- talk a little bit about uh, a couple things? One, your trading strategy. And two, your tanking for the playoffs, which is something I have never seen before in fantasy. Well, it wasn't as, it wasn't as, uh, as I intended what happened. <laughs> uh, I guess the idea was I really got in a funk where um, I think it was around like week, week 11, week 12, I just was having bad luck where it was like um, something. I wasn't getting the production from the receivers that I was trying to get. Because I, I don't know if you had discussed, uh, you know, trading. I traded Devontae Adams around like week four. I think it was. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you brought that up. We haven't yet, actually. So thank oh, okay, you. Okay. <laughs> Well, the trade was the trade was when it happened. It was essentially Aaron Jones and Mike Williams for uh, Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. and and They're, scraps on, yeah. on either side. Yeah, yeah, and yeah scraps. Yeah. <clears throat> so it, when we did the trade, it was a thing where, like, um, at the time, uh, my thought was, well. I my I was worried about how is Derek Carr going to be costing Devontae? Like, is there going to be a drop off from Rodgers to Derek Carr? And ultimately, I was wrong on that. I I at least in the regular season, you know, for for most of the season, where you know Carr, um, uh, is it is it Derek? Yeah, it's Derek Carr. I almost said David Carr. With Carr, it was like. Ironically, with Rodgers, it was a thing where Carr's going to go out there. He's going to put up pedestrian numbers. There's going to be some drop-off. I, when On draft day, I kind of was stuck between Adams and Stephon Diggs, and I took Adams. And there was just something in my mind that just didn't feel right. I was like, is there going to be like some drop-off here from when Adams was on the Packers? And it, for a little bit of the first couple of weeks, it seemed like it. And then after, as soon as I traded him, I think he had one awful week. Mm-hmm. You know, I traded him to Bob and, you know, Bob. <laughs> it was a I thing felt like I just, had just caught, you know, the ultimate. Hit the you know, lottery. Yeah, hot yeah, potato. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, let's so, also give Bob some credit here because you were you were sending out some excellent quarterly updates for the league. And what, what did you have? You at you you power ranked us with fast food restaurants and bands. Yeah, I mean that that was just epic. I mean that was if you think about Page Two Simmons, that was the closest thing to Page Two Simmons. That I have read in ages. So kudos to you. Yes, it was for keeping the league lively. Yeah, Thank it you. was Thank it you. was it was excellent though on that. I I was like it, that was one of the best parts of the league was like, you know, we you was the quarterly reports and I was like, it's like I haven't read something read something like this since Bill started. Uh, you know, Grantland honestly because it's like even Grantland he reads really good, but once he st- left Grantland, he just stopped writing altogether. You know. <clears throat> well, I do not claim to be even 10% as funny as the man himself, but, you know, <laughs> I did have some fun trying to pick out which random, you know, fantasy football teams are different bands. You know, that's, that felt very, you know, Bill Simmons-esque. Yeah. I, I do think you are funnier than current Bill, but we'll, we'll get to that later as, as part of a, um, a, a take on the sub. Let, let's bring in Pop here. Pop, you were number one in the regular season. We did face each other in the finals, and that did not did. turn out to be number one for you. But let's um, let's 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 ask how how your season was. How did you get to be number one? And then maybe uh, throw in some some funny moments from the league because there were many. You, you know, I'm really not sure how I did so well record wise. I think I was like middle of the pack, if not below average in terms of points. I just got lucky every week. I was kind of like the Minnesota Vikings of our league. Um, <laughs> I did. I did get um, hype offered me this one trade that pretty much turned around my season. He like just out of the blue, he gave me Trevor Lawrence for um, for what's his name, Carson Wentz, oh, and that really helped. <laughs> well, let's okay. Let's zone in on this because this this was a funny part of the uh, the league where. There was a lot of trades going on, and I and Bob, I think you nailed it when you described when you do all of these trades. Like, if you lose each trade by a little bit, if you do ten to fifteen trades, your team is going to be significantly worse. And we'll touch on this when we talk about the draft. But there were teams, and I'm thinking of one one team, <laughs> a lot of hype on the team going into the season. But if you make 15 trades and you lose each trade by a little bit, or maybe you lost 12 out of 15 trades, the team's not going to be as good down the line. So, so I kind of said where people there, there were people in the league playing fantasy like I would think Bill Simmons was. So I guess in the end, being in the spirit of Bill Simmons, I guess it worked out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it, was, it was a chaotic league. Yeah, a lot of drama, a lot of fun. It was indeed, which is what you should expect when you, you know, you throw in a bunch of strangers into a, a fantasy yeah. league. A bunch of extremely yeah. online Reddit we, weirdos. Yeah. yeah, Bill has this. Has this? Um, they have in his league. It's a thing where they had this like what is it condition? It's like every year before the league starts, they vote someone out. And somehow we managed to vote out two people during the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, everything they did surrounding it. We, we got two yeah. people to vote themselves out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't a quiet quitting. It was a very uh, dramatic yeah. quitting. Yeah. 
loud. Yeah, I think there was there was one person who was was very hyped up to play fantasy for the first time in in several years, and the, the league just didn't live up to the hype for him, and he and he ended up quitting. Mm-hmm. And then we had another guy that um. So we found this guy on Twitter. I, I really forget how we found him. For some reason, this guy, maybe he was like searching Bill Simmons and he saw maybe he was a pot about sub comment. And he we ended up talking to him and he was like a kind of a boomer that was not on Reddit, but was a big Bill Simmons fan. So we thought, OK, this could bring some diversity of thought into the league. We got this old guy that'll be funny. And this guy, I mean, do you guys remember exactly what happened? This guy quit in rage when Hib and Doot were arguing about the Cleveland Browns or something. It was very bizarre. Yeah. What I remember about it was, like, I think it was, and it had nothing to do with actually the league itself. It was like, it was was just a regular game. It was like, okay, the Browns were playing the Jets. The Jets, uh, or the Browns completely crapped the bed in the last, like, I think three minutes of the game where if Nick Chubb actually thanks Nick Chubb because I owned him, he was great for the year. If Nick Chubb doesn't like score a touchdown, um, if he just goes down kind of like what happened uh, years ago when Brian Westbrook went down at the one and the Eagles won the game against the Cowboys. Like if he goes down, Browns win and that's it. So you got comics who's the Browns fan. And then you got dude who's the Jets fan. And the Jets fan, the Jets fan, (laughs) and they make this miraculous comeback. And comics, dude, just lets comics have it. And comics just, I, I mean, they, they got, they were at each other for a few days, but then finally, I think comics was like, all right, I'm gonna step away from this for, for a bit and try to figure myself out. (laughs) Fast forward like four weeks, we don't hear from comics. We kind of are debating whether or not he just quiet quit the league, which was. We're like, okay, he's not responding to any trade things. And then once we think he's like, okay, he's not going to, he's just quiet, quit the league. And I'm like, okay, no, his lineup's there. All right, okay. He ends up still losing like six in a row. He goes 0-6. And, and finally, after going 0-6, I don't know what what triggered it. I think it was um, both, both uh, dudes Mets versus uh, his Cleveland fans that the Guardians were in the playoffs. And he thought the the Guardians were playing the Yankees, and I think what really just broke him was he thought Dude was a Yankees fan, which he wasn't. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so the Guardians lost to the Yankees, and and he just loses it, and and I think after losing the six the six game in a row, he just he just loses his mind and just uh, you know let's do have it and we're kind of just standing we're just sitting there like what wait what we haven't heard from from you in a month there's so much that has happened and and while i'm going i'm like i forget what happened i was like i was like cooking dinner or something and by the time i cooked dinner within 20 minutes i came back to my phone i'm like so and so has been removed i'm like wait what (laughs) yeah yeah the yeah. best part was he was 0 and 6 when that all went down and he, you know, rage quit the league ask, mm-hmm. asks to be removed. So, you know, I obliged his request. Quote, and then from I, that point on, I'm just literally, you know, filling out his lineup for him. You know, we don't give away wins in the extremely yeah. online league. We don't give away wins. So, I I, you know, set his lineup every week based on who's the highest projected and he ends up he's 0 and 6 and then he finishes what like 
five and three over the I, remainder of the season. I'm trying to remember if uh, we were calling. Did you refer to him as zombies? As we, yeah. we okay. Yeah. So his zombie, I think I, I can't remember him or hype beat me one of the last two weeks, or it was the week oh, no. where I, or one of the weeks I it was I was tanking and the week I was tanking, but I just know like one of the zombies beat me. I can't remember, but it might have been him. But he he ended up like what was his final record, Bob? Uh, pulling it up now. He finished five and nine. <laughs> Yeah, and, and for and for those of you who are listening that that haven't played on Sleepwork before, there's there's a really simple to use chat function, and so that chat function that was going all season long, a um, lot of going. comments about <laughs> yeah, it's still going like heavily. So it's it's a lot of fun for sure. So it's it's so funny because there was all this back and forth going on all the time. And yeah, like at, starting in the first few weeks, it got heated. So I remember me and you were 0 and 3 to start, and we were facing each other in week four. And there was there was a lot of trash talk being slung back and forth. And there was, <laughs> oh, is, is this the loser leave town matchup? But here I am. Yes, I'm 0 and 3, but I've got like the third or second most points in the league at 0 and 3. And I, and I got somebody that's that was one and two with like the second the last amount of points in the league, giving me extreme trash talk. And I'm like, what the heck's going on here? Like, have you, you know, you can't be giving me all this trash talk when I've got a better team than you. I just have one less win than you. So what ended up happening is me and Do zero and three. We both had good teams. Um, Duke goes zero and four, and I won that one. I, I think I only lost one matchup after that. I think I finished in second place. I had four losses. I was what eleven and four, and then won the the final two to be. <laughs> and then Dew ends up making the playoffs and has maybe the third or second most points in the league. So Dew and I, even you know that was that was not a loser leaves town matchup at zero and three. Uh-uh. We crushed it for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, you guys easily, I think, probably had the two best teams for the remainder of the season, I would claim, probably. Yeah, Yeah, in a league like this, there's just so much that comes down to, I mean, it's so much comes down to who you're playing, at least the first few weeks. So you've you've got to look at how many points your team is actually scoring. But yeah, I think think this league, the, the benefit of having the... The, the, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, Jokers. Like the benefit of having the super flex, and what's good about t- so, so twelve team super flex, I think is perfect because. And so, if anyone's listening that wants to do one next year, twelve team super flex is perfect because on any given week you should have twenty four QBs in play, and with bye weeks that means that whenever there is a QB that is potentially starting. Everybody in the league is trying to pick that guy up. And there were there were trades too. Like if you've got if you've got two QBs, you want to bench QB because you got to start them during the bye week. And if you've got three QBs, not only would you want to have depth yourself, but if you pick up a QB, you can then trade them to get either different players or more waiver money. So the having that the was... QBs in there is like it's such a nice wrinkle to fantasy. It's it's so much fun. And I'm so glad we we did that in the spirit of Simmons. I yeah I I picked up uh, Garoppolo 
I, I paid a lot of money for Garoppolo because I was like, I have no intention of keeping this guy. But I saw when Trey Lance got hurt and I was like, it was going for the, uh, the bit of the week. I just I ended up going really high because I'm like, he's a starter and he's playing for a good offense in San Francisco who are now, you know, now they're in the NFC championship game. And I'm like, he's going to get points. So like, I think I ultimately flipped him the pop for yep. TJ Hawkinson, who was pretty valuable. And I think, I forget the other guy. I, I, I don't think he turned out that great. Um, it was a Alan wide receiver. Robinson. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the last <laughs> awesome. time. You were yeah. trying to give them to everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ironically, ironically, uh, with Alan Robinson, I, I, had, I took him. 2016, I took him. I think in the second round when he was in Jacksonville. And he had such a miserable season by the end of that that I was like, I'm never taking Allen Robinson ever again. And I just forgot about that, like about three weeks in. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot I took this guy. And he was awful. So I'll ne- like, I have a cross-off, permanent cross-off list of how bad somebody is. And yeah, somehow like a- he's still in the league, you know. <laughs> like every morning I would wake up, get my cup of coffee, and, you know, check what new trade request I got from Jokers for Allen Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the, the day of the trade deadline, I think it was, it was like, I can't remember if I ended up just dropping him immediately after the trade deadline. I was just like, okay, I can't even hide it anymore. This guy's terrible. Like, you know, <laughs> so nothing easy. There's no reason for him to be on my team. Disappointing though. Cause I thought he was going to pop after Cooper cup went out there and then one game and then he's out too. That's yeah, pretty, yeah. That's pretty shit luck. I mean, if you're the Rams, if you're a Rams fan, if they exist, it's a thing where, you know, like, at least you won the Super Bowl last year, and you're like, you know, that was the season from hell in a lot of ways, and they didn't want to have their first, but, you know, uh, you know, at least for them, they won the Super Bowl. It's imagine if they would have lost last year. It's like, oh, we're not even close to winning the Super Bowl this year, and we don't have a first-round pick. <laughs> so Seems to be a theme with L.A. teams. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think we've done a pretty good job here. Any any final words before we move on for the fantasy league? Well, um, you you did mention already that you won, right? I did mention that. Yes, <laughs> barely. I did. Yeah, mention like, that. I think you beat me by like a hundred points, right? <laughs> yeah, like, he's being was... humble. He's just being humble, you know. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, I won. So, <laughs> so, so you know, you know what's actually funny about that is so that that Sunday I. I, I thought that the game would be decided. I had Christian Watson, so I was like, okay, the, the game is going to be decided, me versus Pop for the championship, the 425 East Coast game. And I think the Packers were national TV. So I'm like, perfect. Like, I'll get all set up. And I, I went shopping during halftime of the, the 1 p.m. games because I was going to get everything set up for the 425 game. Mm-hmm. And I, I checked my phone 15 minutes after I was going to watch some games um, that I had recorded. Every single person on my team scored, like, in the yeah. first 10 minutes. <laughs> so, like, I looked down, and I went from – it was a 50-50 game to, like, now I'm winning by 50 points, and I'm 99% guaranteed to win. Yeah. So, like, I didn't even follow it for that 15 minutes. It just happened. There was no drama. Yeah. <laughs> the Bengals, the Bengals Bills game did not provide us any complications. <laughs> the, yeah, uh, that would have been a disaster. It was like the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl, where it's like, oh, this is over immediately, like within the first two minutes of the game. You know, 
Was, you guys remember the uh, Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl where uh, Peyton Manning stamped the ball and it went back into the end zone for safety, and it was immediately two nothing, and they never even yeah concluded. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so around, the, the, fi- the final score of the of the the championship, one sixty four tribes, sixty six pop. Yeah. <laughs> Just had to had to throw that out there. Yeah, and I think so, it might be mixed in points. Rounding out the playoffs too was Duke, Jelly Beans, me, and Jokers. I think so. You know, I gotta, I gotta take what personal victories I can get. I did make the playoffs this year. I drafted like shit, but at least I made the playoffs. Nice. You know, right, I, do so what... say, I do want to say something about the formation of the league because I'm not really like a high profile like guy on the sub like the rest of you. I don't think. And I think and, <laughs> we're, we're extremely words. online. And although I'm pretty online too, but I know, like you know, for 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 example, like Tribe's kind of like known as like the bad boy of the sub, and I'm definitely the, the hey, bad you boy. Said it, not me. You said it. He's, he's got his like leather jacket with a pack of sticks with his t-shirt. So <laughs> I I you know I've I've had my back and forth with Tribe. Like needless to say, like we don't necessarily see eye to eye on a lot of things. But the thing is, is that. You know, people were giving tribe and hype shit about the podcast and everything. I think I chimed in. I was like, you know, these, you know, these guys are just, you know, they're putting it out there. They're trying to be creative. Like, don't be such dicks. Because really, I mean, just don't say it. You don't have to. Like, people were just being so mean, so mean. Even though I don't, I didn't like your guys as like, you know, uh, characters on the sub. Still, and then you re. I think hype. I mean, not hype. A tribe reached out to me. He like sent me a message. Like, hey, thanks for. Uh, supporting the pod like you want to be in the league i'm like yeah sure and just it just goes to show just like the you know with human nature how you think someone's a jerk because like their online persona but you know it's disarming when someone reaches out and you know just person to person and i gotta say like you know doing the pod with i'm doing the league with you guys and like talking with you guys a lot of you i've had back and forths with and you know little dust-ups and you're all pretty good guys so you know so if people have preconceived notions about what kind of people you're getting involved with, those are, I mean, your Reddit person, it's kind of a heightened thing. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Like to an extent. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been nice getting to know that there are human beings on the other side of, you know, exactly. Of this. Exactly. We're, if anything else, we're human beings. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. People, totally. But... Right. Right back at you, Paul. Like we're all just dudes listening to podcasts, watching sports, like whatever. It's not that big a deal. Well, yeah, I'm and, actually not a human being. For everyone out there who's who's enjoying the, the the vibe of this pod or just is interested in, in a fantasy league for next year, like a, a big reason, maybe the reason we're doing this podcast is because we had a couple people quit and a couple people were not having renew. So we've got some open spots for the league next year. So if you're listening mm-hmm. and you're intrigued. And you can listen to the the draft as well, um, in a little bit later. And and you want to be in the league? Let us know. Reach out to us. Uh, we're not only we're you know our names in the sub, but we we've got a Twitter set up. It's R Bill Simmons Pod on Twitter, so you can find us there. Shoot us a message, and and we're in because we we've got spots open and we want to continue. We we've, we've got a good group of guys right now, and we and we want to expand that by a few more to to keep the league at twelve for next year. So we're, uh, you know, we're, we're out there. We're, we're open to people coming in. Yeah. And the whole thing you said about the chat being an extension of the sub, like it really is because if there's something wonky on this, on the sub, we'll kind of go to the chat and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. 
So that because... is the perfect. I, I love that. The perfect segue into let's chat about the sub. So had a good half hour here. Fantasy talk. Let's let's get some sub talk. So I, I said for everyone, bring a take. Let, let's discuss it. And uh, I want to go first. And the take the take that I'm going to bring is that I am I am happy that the sub has internalized what Bill is in modern day, which is uber reactionary Bill Simmons. And I want to go back first because page two Simmons and Grantland Simmons, he knew the NFL well because he was writing his weekly picks columns. So I'm sorry, you can't fake that. You have to actually research the league and research the teams. It doesn't necessarily mean your analysis is going to be right doesn't mean that you're going to finish the year with 55% of your picks being right. And infamous, infamously, one year, his picks lost to the sports gals picks over the course of the season. But he picked against the spread every week. And those were really fun columns. Like, a lot of people fell in love with Simmons from those Friday picks columns. You, you could argue by the end, when, when he was at the end of Grantland, he was kind of using the mailbag as a crutch for those columns. They weren't as good. But he still knew the teams well. So here's a guy that's not only doing this NFL weekly column, but he's doing the pod with Cousin Sal. And now you transition that to what is Bill doing in 2023? He's not writing, and he's only doing the pod with Sal. So when he was writing, like, he had to research every week, and he also had to put his takes into writing. So you really couldn't be, like, aggressively switching and reacting only to this week's games when you've done the research for the whole year. Whereas nowadays, he just does he does a pod with Sal for an hour and a half right after the Sunday game. He used to do the pod, I think, Mondays. So now he's doing Sundays. He's, he's very reactionary. And, you know, his, his opinions are, are the whim of whatever he's feeling that week. So what I like about the sub is that, you know, and part of this is me too, rather than – and some people are still annoyed at him, but I think rather than people being annoyed – at Simmons like being ridiculous and the hot take artist that he is we're just we're just embracing it this is full Bill Simmons parody this is 2023 ringer bill this is just who he is and it's just hilarious to like think about that and talk with other people in the sub about how absurd it is how hilariously reactionary he is so I want to I I, I like that that this is happening in the sub because I think Myself included, but there, there, was, there was a time when people were actually getting upset at him saying that he was an expert, saying he was the top 1% NFL watcher, and he was this, he was this incredibly smart guy in the NFL. He's saying that now, but everyone on the sub knows. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He's a, he, he's a guy on his couch just watching TV, maybe doing a few things in the kitchen, like it's not like he's sitting in a cold, dark room like Ryan and make while well, Ryan's watching basketball notes, you know, making basketball notes. He's just like, Oh, here's some things I saw. And it's like, yeah, you're kind of right, Bill. I think you're a little bit better than the average uh, football watcher, but it's still one of these things of these are all like, um, what's the word here? Just a little bit of a shallow viewpoint of it. It's like, okay, yeah, you, you know, a little bit, but it's like, you're acting like, like, Oh, the Giants' body language, they seem great. Uh, the Giants had the coach of the year. Dable's a great coach, and then they get smoked by the Eagles the following week. It's like, 
you know, that's, I mean, sometimes that just happens for any football team. They'd get outplayed, but come on, man. The Eagles were like, they won 14 games in a 14 games this year for a reason. And it's like, it's kind of selling a team short. It's not really like a good solid reason to be like, Oh, it's because of energy. That's just kind of weird. You know? Well, you would get it if you had a PhD in body language. Come on, man. <laughs> well, I, think, I think the thing that really killed Bill, if you compare him to page two Bill, or even Grant, not so much Grantland Bill, because it already happened, was the whole an- analytics boom. Because he could get away with just being a feel guy and like, you know, body language guy. Like, I have a feeling. I don't like the way this looks. Because it, it's not that that's lazy, but he was just kind of a character just talking about what he saw and what he felt. And now that guys are crunching numbers and like, finding like patterns and stuff between the numbers you you can't get away with what he what he used to do at um page two anymore because he just come he just comes off as sounding i mean it's unfair because they're two completely different things but you can't compare him to like a bill barnwell for example when he talks about football he can't hang with those guys he's an entertainer yeah Mm -hmm. and i think i think in a way like years ago not like recently but years ago football coaches didn't go by analytics and they kind of went no. by feel yes. a little bit. And it's like, but Bill's taking like old school uh, stuff from like 30, 40 years ago of like feel and all this, this like mm-hmm. stuff that, and the guys, the guys who were going by feel, they've been around it for all their lives. Whereas Bill is making these shots in the dark or he, has he ever played football, organized football? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he has. Which is like, so. it's like not, talk most about of us. It, he did. Yeah, most of us, most of us probably haven't played organized football. Like so, I mean, but we're we know as much as he does in terms of this this type of thing. It's like, oh, go by feel. It's like, ah, I don't know. Like, like, sure, Bill. All right, yeah, let's uh do that. But and it's funny if you read the book of basketball, like it's absurd. Like the the arbitrary clubs he makes it's all like counting stats and stuff like if you combine points rebounds and assists like it's like okay it's like that's just scratching the surface he just wasn't really really willing to like change with the times and hit that whole approach just doesn't work anymore and it's not his fault he's an old man he made his billions i mean or millions but you you know know what i find so interesting about that is that i remember him probably early grantland early 2010s he was introducing new concepts of advanced stats to the readers there was, was someone yeah. today i posted about nate silver um his site potentially being shut down and i posted <laughs> i posted a link to a 2020 uh 2012 pod that nate did with bill and someone commented in reply to me and it's like i listened to some of this and bill was talking about dvoa in 2012 so i oh, remember like him aaron yeah, so, so Bill was introducing some of these concepts, and I thought he did it well where he was taking a skeptical view of the stat and saying, here's what the stat's saying, and here's where what I'm kind of viewing. So, like, for example, he might say, you know, ho, ho, you know I, for baseball war, he was, he was saying, like, Jose Batista might have had high war one year, but he right. was claiming that – he shouldn't win the MVP because he wasn't on a winning team. So, like, okay, that that's fine to me. If you thought somebody else had a bigger impact into a, a pennant contender, then by all means, vote for him MVP. But what's odd to me is that Bill got away from that, and rather than continuing to sprinkle in the eye test with the advanced stats, 
Now he's gone completely the other way, and he's incredibly anti these quote-unquote aggressive analytics, to which we all make fun of him now because whenever this play worked, he had the hunch that it was going to work, but whenever I know. the play didn't work, the, you know, it's like this is – like wh- what happened to you, man? Well, his his whole obsession with Mike Trout not being a good player, or like he's like, I don't think Mike Trout's an MVP because they because the Angels don't make the playoffs. I'm like, well, maybe Mike just is stuck on a really really awful franchise in in you know Anaheim because they're they granted they have Shohei Otani, but it, baseball's done yeah. that for for all all its you know existence where they've had a really 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 great player. And like example, the Cubs, Ernie Banks, like he spent most of his career in the in the cellar, and it's like or Ted Williams. Oh yeah, Ted Williams. <laughs> Ted Williams. There we go. It's like Ted or, Williams didn't do anything like like that. Yeah. Like, Baseball's not basketball. Yeah. Like a good baseball, a great baseball player can't drag his team to the championship. It's not like basketball. Yeah, it it could certainly it it can give you a puncher's chance, but it's like. If you don't have your ducks in a row, I mean, just, I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn here because I'm a Phillies fan, but it's like that's what was so special about them making the World Series this year was they spent the first three season with three seasons with Bryce Harper where they were just mediocre, and it wasn't Bryce's fault. Bryce was great, wow. you know. And to be like, oh, it's like eh, I don't think he's good in October. It's like what what is what does one have to do with the other if like your team's not even good enough to get to October? It has nothing to do with. You know, you're talking about like war and all that for uh, baseball. It's like it doesn't apply to basketball. Basketball is different. You do need like the best, you know, players and the best players the make the playoffs. You know, the best player has the ball in his hands most of the game and is also playing most of the game. The best baseball players get it get four chances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the entire game. It's completely different. It's apples and oranges, but he tries to apply basketball to everything. Yeah. <laughs> football the closest thing with football we have and granted a lot of people think he's the best court player in the league anyway was pat mahomes where i've said this week i said um in the chat i said i don't know i just got this weird feeling the niners and the Bengals are going to win this week despite being the road road uh on the road because i look at the chiefs and i'm like how much is this value is measured by mahomes as greatness and it's like if he's not 100 percent, you know and their defense isn't particularly great. It's okay. I, I looked it up. But it's like, you know, that's it's a different sport to compare it to basketball. This isn't like, um, you know, Luca being out of a playoff series. It's like, you know, or hobbled in a playoff series. It's like Mahomes still has Travis Kelsey. They have a good, solid defense. They're not completely out of it. But, you know, in this case, it's like to, for Bill to compare it to basketball. It's like, eh. Chiefs are still at home, though. Like, Bengals are a team, but I wouldn't compare it to basketball at all, you know? Well, yeah, when you talk about the greatest baseball players ever, does anyone ever t- – does anyone know how many rings players have in baseball? <laughs> but in basketball, <laughs> everyone knows because that's all people go by. Like, oh, rings. Like, so-and-so has this many rings and so-and-so has that many rings. Therefore, he's a better player. A lot, of the, a lot of the all-time greats don't have any. A lot of them don't no. even the World Series. That's that's what's weird and special yeah. about baseball it's like we don't measure team success it's it, you know uh Derek Jeter I think he's was a great player but mm-hmm. no one would ever say Derek Jeter is the greatest shortstop of all time because no. you look up his stats it's like well his peak was very good but I wouldn't put him 
in that like top tier category of all the other great shortstops they've ever played. He's definitely a Hall of Famer, but he's yeah, not. Yeah. He's not even on the Yankees Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. like, what's the deal? What are we talking about? Well, and ironically for Jeter, that would be the perfect guy for Bill to use advanced stats with because the defensive metrics suggest Jeter was actually a terrible defensive shortstop. So if anything, Bill should be hyping up war and saying, look at look at Jeter's terrible defensive war or terrible UZR or whatever they're doing for it now. And they would say, you know, this is like like that's the kind of thing that Bill should be doing. But instead, he's just he's just totally not doing it. But um. All right, so let's um let's let's move on. Who who has another take from uh from recently in this sub they want to throw out there? I got one. So I uh I, I just want to give a shout out that we've been getting some really, really solid regular contributions lately in the sub that I think of are phenomenal. I mean, you got guys like Admirable is it Admirable Pepper? Who does the uh, millennial re- rewatchables um, right, every so yeah. often? Which are is he the actor? I think so. Yeah, he's the guy who's the actor. Um, you know, and he he does. You know, he puts in some work. You see, he posts his notes. Um, and I'll, I'll give some more shout outs here in a second. But I think it's cool. It gives it kind of like that vibe of you know you go to a Grantland or I don't know. I don't go to the Ringer.com. Does anybody? No. <laughs> No, I <laughs> used to, but not for a while, not for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you go visit like a place like that and you, you get a regular column, you know, a regular maybe themed column. You know, we get uh, during football season that I forget who does it, but they they uh, organize the weekly cross off challenge. That's always fun. Um, our, our friend of the league, Gus, Gus Fring, um, started <laughs> that guy Hall of Fame. Um, and that's. And I think we're all in agreement here that Gus, we all feel like Gus is a solid, solid contributor, um, no matter what anyone might claim about it. Big fan of Gus. He spices things up for sure. Oh, yeah. Big we, fan of Gus. We, we're all, we're big, big Gus fans. Um, <laughs> we should, we actually are thinking about starting our Gus Frank. Um. <laughs> <laughs> See his post the other day, like alluding to he's a professional athlete. Wait, what? I, I he... guessed he's KD's burner. Yeah, I guessed uh, Russell Wilson because I just looked up who was born in 88 and, and KD was too. Oh, nice. Is, is, are there any NBA players who are like huge Breaking Bad fans that we know? See, I, I don't think Russell Wilson would watch Breaking Bad. No, he, he doesn't so watch Katie, That would be up KD's alley. Um, no, but, I don't think KD would either. No, nah, he, I, I think he, I think he, I think. Well, let's see. Let's go look up his Twitter and see if he's like if Breaking Bad is great. You always can look that up. And like Gus Fring, join the league. Let us know if you're KD or not. <laughs> How tall are you? <laughs> um, so that's. I just wanted to say that you know I think we've been getting some really solid weekly contributions, and I think that's some of. And just Bob Weir um, is a, is a big fan. If you're out there hustling and doing that, Bob Weir's a big fan. So. Yeah, I love it. I think you said it right where, you know, th- this is kind of what people wanted from Grantland. I mean, you look at this sub. This is massive. I mean, it's it's incredible. What, what do you have, 35,000 Bill Simmons fans? Typically, it's like 750 plus or online at a time. You get so many posts now. It's been getting 1,000 lately. 
I mean, it's unreal. And, and so what I like doing, you know, you talked about things that people do every once in a while. I, I just love throwing the re-readables and re-listables yeah. on there. Because I, I, you know, there's a lot of people in that sub that are recent Simmons fans. Either they, there's a pipeline from hearing him on the rewatchables to then listening to the BS pod. And there's people that are just big NBA fans. And they just started listening to podcasts a couple years ago. And they went to Simmons because he's the top sports pod and he talks NBA a lot. So when I link to these rereadables and re-listenables, it does two things. First, it's just fun to go back to it because a page two Simmons mailbag was hilarious back in the day. We all enjoyed it. And then, you know, you you get, you know, Corolla doing his pedophile in 2007. I mean, come (laughs) on. This is just legendary BS stuff. So I like doing that. But then also... I do like introducing these new fans to the man that you were a fan of in 2023 was a very different person and was writing about very different things in a very different way in 2007. So I do like that because sometimes that shocks people. And my, the recent one I've been throwing in is that, that the, the one where he claims that a 13 year old Natalie Portman, I guess guess his words Every every guy who's seen that movie thinks she's hot. Now, number one, I, I don't even, I've never seen the movie, but the the picture that he uses in the article on page two, she like literally looks thirteen. It's like I, I got no idea what this guy's talking about. But <laughs> this is just an example of like the the stuff Simmons is throwing back in the day. Did you see someone in the sub today asked what Grantland was? I think Bob Ant had told him. Yeah, that was that one was shocking. But, you know, I guess you got to find out somewhere, right? You're nice about it. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's I, I just gently remind people that Google exists. But, you know. It just, it, it would seem very strange to me that, you know, Bill Simmons gets his fans. But if he got a new fan from the ringer and like, and it's, it, we're not trying, I'm not trying to gatekeep. I'm just like, I find that bizarre. It's like, oh, I got into Bill Simmons when he, because he's the, um, you know, he runs the ringer and it's like, that's when you, that's when you found out about Bill Simmons, you're missing quite a bit. That's, it's like almost like getting into Howard Stern now in a way. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, Howard Stern's fine. He's still a really good interviewer, but it's like, you don't know anything from him even 10 years ago, let alone, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago. It's like, it just seems very strange to me. It's like, it's like, oh, okay. But glad you're here. Do you guys remember page two, Bill? What's page two, Bill? It's like <laughs> he used to write because that's yeah. how he got to start, and that's how he doesn't write anymore. That's the whole my fingers don't work anymore. Yeah, you know, I've actually been becoming like a really big Russell Westbrook fan lately. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's the equivalent. <laughs> right. I like his later stuff with the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, or it's like Sixth a man, man Russ is peak totally Russ. Gone downhill. It's like, oh, I I became a U two fan in twenty eighteen. Oh, oh, you did. <laughs> How did you guys do that? Oh, I, I like I like their twenty ten CDs a lot. Like, what? I just love that I never have to download music. It's just there on my phone always. <laughs> like at least like I'm a big Red Hat Chili Peppers guy, and and I think their recent that they they released two albums in that they did from the same recording session. Um, maybe from 2021. I thought both those albums were really good. Like it, it was, I'm not going to say it was Apex Chili Peppers, but it was still Prime S Chili Peppers in my opinion. That would be different 
than what Simmons is today, where the, the quality really – I mean, first of all, he's not writing, so that removes it. And then and that's why I like the re-listenables because, like, I'll throw a re-listenable on a Cousin Sal pod from 2010. The quality is different. It, it truly is. And if anyone wants to challenge me on that that's listening, listen to 10 minutes of a 2010 Cousin Sal pod versus a 2023 Cousin Sal pod, and it, it is not the same. Well, they're all, they're old men. They're slowing down. <laughs> like you don't have the same testosterone. You don't have the same piss and vinegar. Like you really do like level out a little. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't blame them, but yeah, the quality is definitely not as good. Well, it's also, it's also like a stress. It's also a like type of, there's a stress there where it's like with Bill, it's like, I'm sure he's got to do a few things, but like he's got a quarter billion dollars, you know, it's like, yeah he's talking and it's like oh i like i got like my fifth house i was cleaning it out the other day and it's like <laughs> fifth house what like um and it's like there there is like no there's a po- certain point where you're like very few people are like this where it's like yeah they have no stress so they're very mellowed out and it's like they say things and you just kind of nod along and you're like mm-hmm, okay yeah sure yeah, who's, like, who's the boxer that who's the boxer that said it's uh, hard to train uh, get up and train at five o'clock in the morning when you're in silk sheets when you're sleeping in silk sheets? It's that whole thing. It's like uh, once you've made it, that's a great. Like, this is a great quote. Who uh, said that? I can't remember. I'm, but, I'm gonna look it up. Hold on. Yeah. Like you just slow down, and he he made it. He did it. Like whatever he set out to do, he did it. It's done. And now he's just kind of maintaining and you know playing out his contract with Spotify. Apparently, you're passing Marvelous. on his soul to Craig. Uh, Marvelous. It's a uh, marvelous Marvin Hagler said it. Uh, he said it. Okay. That's so, a good quote. That's a good and it, and it, good and cool, Pop and Jay. Yeah. On the flip side, he lost his last fight to uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and then retired. I know. He so, was on. Uh, wait, he did he die last year? Hagler? Yeah. Yeah, he did. I, I can't remember from what. Um, Being uh, a boxer, probably. <laughs> no, no, I think he I think he had like a heart attack or something. It wasn't oh, it, was, it was the vaccine. <laughs> I don't think it was around yet. Hold on now. <laughs> hey, like we're 75 year old boxer. Who's the vax? <laughs> if we mention the vaccine too much, Spotify will will label yeah, us COVID nineteen. So well, I don't you... know what I don't know what their AI is That'd to determine awesome. if we get a warning label. Oh, did you see that post that got deleted from the sub today? They brought up the Damar Hamlin conspiracy theory. I don't know if the guy that posted it deleted it or the moderators did, but it, it's gone. Hmm. Oh, I saw that on the internet. Are you talking about the one where that wasn't really Damar Hamlin at the game? Yeah, but someone posted about it on the Bill Simmons sub, and it got deleted. I mean, I, I did see that, and I just kind of was like, that's that's you got too much time on your hands. <laughs> There's a. I looked. I googled it. There's like a Newsweek article about it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, the thing is, they they were very like fair about it, and they're like, you know, he's still on oxygen. Like it's like, I I, I would be very surprised if he he ever plays again. Like I think people are kind of like, oh, he's out of the hospital. He's walking around. It's like, yeah, no. he got he 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 literally died on the field. Like legally speaking, he like his heart stopped, and so um. You know, in this case where it's like you you do CPR, it's like that's going to damage your lungs. They're going to damage your heart. You might have broken ribs. It's like I don't expect. I'm, I'm, it would be a miracle if somehow he played again. But you know, 
you can't expect that from a guy like that. He's not, even though he's walking around, it doesn't mean he's in great health, you know? So. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So, so pop and uh, jokers, any, any uh, takes from the sub? Uh, can I talk about my own, which everyone lost their minds the other night. And I, cause I just was like, I'm just doing this. It's like, I don't truly believe this, but someone had said, Josh Allen is the I'm sorry Josh Allen is the Joel Embiid of the NFL <laughs> and I and I looked around and I was just like you know what I could get mad about this but you know what I'm gonna flip it and make it even more ludicrous so when the Cowboys lost I'm like I'm gonna just say Dak Prescott is the Nikola Jokic of the NFL and <laughs> just drag down Jokic just for the hell of it I, I'm like and so, so many people were angry. So many people <laughs> were like, and then I'm just feeding into it. It's like I wasn't, I wasn't serious about that at all. I was like, it's like, no, that's not really comparable. Like, but I just wanted to see what would happen, and it was like, it was incredible how people were upset. I'm like, it's like, and then I'm just kind of feeding into it. I even said in the sub, I'm like, I don't truly believe this. This is, this is just me like saying this, but it's like I'm just coming up with the. Most, most cherry-picked stats of each guy. So like, that's, that's what a hottest take is. It's something that you don't totally believe in. Yeah. But and, it's kind of but, provocative. But, like, I'm shooting for the most controversial post of all time on the sub. Yeah. And I might have had it because it was, like, the negative outpour against it was just, like... <laughs> like yeah, well, we all know that you could have believed that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, 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 mean, I believe that, like... Five ten percent, but I wasn't like the more the more people were commenting. I'm just like, oh, I'm just completely landed, even though I don't truly believe it. Well, it's <laughs> like, it's funny what you said about the Josh Allen and Joel Embiid. I'm trying to figure out like who's that an insult to? I feel like that's kind of a compliment to both guys. <laughs> they were they were they were more dragging down and beating that thing, and I was kind of like, I don't really. I I, I, I feel I feel like that's a good comp though. It's like yeah. it's a weird comparison too because it's like. Josh Allen, too, it's like, you know, I guess he was hurt. Um, I wonder how his elbow is going to hold up because I know that, that they were really close. He was very close, apparently, to having needed Tommy John surgery. So yeah, I think he was injured. Yeah. Like, still. Yeah, and so with Embiid, it's kind of like, you know, I guess that's a fair point where I think if mm-hmm. you go back, I think every single year he's been yeah. in the play- Every single year, going it's always back. something, and it's always something different. 2018, he had a, he had a fractured face. 2019, I can go through it. 2019, he had this weird gastritis um, during this during the Routher series, and his knee was messed up. 2020, um, I think 2020, he actually played pretty well, but he honestly said he didn't want to be there because his 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 girlfriend was pregnant, like eight months pregnant. That was the bubble, and he just kind of was like his headspace was somewhere different. It's like kind of understand that too. If, you know, the Clippers did the same thing where they, they lost a three, one series lead. Um, but there was a lot of things that they didn't really want to be in the bubble that year. It was like, and then 2021, he messed up his knee um, in the wizard series where he just got completely like went on his back and they said he had a torn, I think torn meniscus in his knee. And then last year he already had like a torn ligament in his thumb and then with like four minutes left in the game and up by 30 and he's still in the game somehow, Pascal Siakam elbowed him in the face and broke his face. So like, now that I think about it, it's like, oh yeah, he has been hurt every playoff series. So 
for that entire span. So, but see, Joker's what's tough when the sub is this big. So, like you guys know me, the people listening know me. Like I'm on the sub a lot. I like the sub. I spend time in the sub. I didn't even know that there was a post comparing Josh Allen to Embiid until significantly after I knew I saw your post. Neither so that's I. what happens sometimes is that these posts get lost and there's just a vitriolic reaction because they didn't see the previous post because there were people, they basically said, this is, this is the worst take of all time. And that got a hundred <laughs> or something upvotes of so people. And, and I have to assume that person did not see the previous post. And so did not know that you were joking about it. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I would have not have posted like, I would have not have posted that. Um, who were they? Who were, if I would have said um, Brock Brock Purdy is the Nikola Jokic of the NFL, I think more people would like. It, <laughs> I think more people would have probably like this is this is absolute insanity that this has to be fake. This has to be, and it's like, but it wouldn't have made sense either. So like, the Prescott one was like, eh. I'm re- I'm absolutely reaching here, but it's like to say Purdy, Purdy being compared to Jokic wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. You know, but those who know oh, you know you drafted, those who know you know you hate Jokic because it takes away him being shy. <laughs> so there's that extra context added to it. You're yeah, like Jokic has been in the chat for months now, being <laughs> extremely disappointed that Jokic is about to win his third MVP and Embiid's like seventh in the MVP. He is. Here's what I'll admit. I'd rather see Jokic win a third MVP than Tatum win the MVP because I've been saying for a while that I have a legitimate gripe with the MVP Tatum stuff. When I when you look at his stats, I said this in like December, and I said, here's Tatum's stats, here's Lucas, here's Jokic, here's Giannis, here's KD before he got hurt, and this is before Embiid went on his run in December where he won player of the month. And I said – Tatum is by far the worst of these four, and there's no reason you should give Tatum the award unless he's got t- 10 ringer votes <laughs> given to him. And I oh said, and it's like, yeah, I get he has the best record, but we've already established that the best record doesn't really matter, you know? And, and like, we've done this the last several years where it's like, oh, the, it's about what's who's most valuable to the team. And it's like, you know, I think the Celtics, honestly, objectively, if you look at them as a whole, they are the best team, you know? And it's a thing where it's like a thing. Um, if you took away Tatum, he would lose some production. But Jalen Brown's like right up there with. Um, I, I really think Jalen Brown's underrated. Is what I'm saying. It's you really think the Celtics that. are better than the Chiefs? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I Al Horford. What's the line on that game? <laughs> yeah, Al Horford um, is such a handful for the case line that he could just do things and, and get to the quarterback and get, provide pressure where Holmes can't handle that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but you can just take away Mahomes, though, right? Yeah. You, you just, just take away the best player. Yeah, Marcus, yeah, Smart, Marcus Smart's on the edge. He goes up to the quarterback. <laughs> As the defensive coordinator, Kelsey would get five catches a game. You got uh, Robert Williams guarding Kelsey in coverage, and then um, – uh, Malcolm Brogdon's like kind of being like the linebacker and point out things here and there, like does the little things. And so he'll figure that out. And I can also see Kelsey posting someone up if he really needed to. So, you know. Yeah, he Kelsey. could be across. He could be a power forward. Yeah. 
Do you remember Kelsey, Kelsey had that? Do you remember when Kelsey had that dating show on E? Catching Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember I, pitched, five, I wanted to make a. Take that back. I wanted them to make a Vernon Davis show, Cal, catching VD. <laughs> catching VD. <laughs> All right, so so Pop, do you have a, uh, a take from the sub? I don't know. I was kind of struggling with this all day. Uh, <laughs> no, if, Wait, you, if you don't have one, because we're kind of already going over and we got yeah. a draft recap. Wait, but try, let, me, let, me, to mind. let me ask you something. So how do you <laughs> – let me ask you something real quick. How do you feel like where – Pretty much anything bad that or unpopular that happens in the sub, everyone blames you. Like everyone's <laughs> that you're the NBA guy. Like I'll oh, yeah. see like you having random conversations with people, and midway through, people are like, "Oh fuck, I'm talking to Tri. Why am I? Why am I even wasting the time?" <laughs> like, how do you I love that the people don't realize they're talking to me. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I do that sometimes too. I don't realize who I'm talking to. I'm like, "Oh shit!" But like people are like. Like ver- not verbalize it, but they write it. They're like, "Oh no, I'm talking to tribe. This is a waste of my fucking time." Yeah, it's like halfway through the paragraph. Yeah, like, you know, it, it, it is. It, it is what it is at this point. I mean, I, I've been I've been on the sub for so long, and there's I, there's not a lot of people that are still on that sub from 2016. So I really I'm one of the last of my kind for being. I mean, if, if you look back at some of the episode recaps from that time frame. Like a lot of the accounts are deleted, or you never see, you haven't seen those guys in ages. But yeah, you know what? It just kind of comes to the territory at this point. I mean, I I have unpopular opinions versus I, I think the general Reddit hive mind. So that dings me. People really did not like me calling them NBA stands. Um, so that the <laughs> NBA guys don't like me. And then I think the promoting the pod people were uh, were a little bit annoyed about that too. So and, and all three kind of rolls up together where people just downvote me for that. Well, like twenty five percent of people kept thinking that you you and hype were the same person. And, yeah. And I was like, and I just had to write a note. No, these two are not the same. They're not the same. You know, it's not like tribe just t- post from tribe. It's like you know, it's not a thing where he's bouncing around uh, burners or anything like that. This is. These are two different people. Like, like it's no, like thank you. And and I always say this, and you guys, you guys know this from me being in the league, talking with you. I I only post from tribe because yeah. when I like I'm I'm an outspoken person. Like not only on Reddit, but in my personal life too. Like I say what I think. I, why would I say something from a different account than tribe? Exactly. I'm tribe. I embody tribe. I I embody that personality. It's not my true personality. But it has a lot of my personality in it, and I have fun with it. There, there would be no reason for me to have a different account to do something else. Now that NBA guy, I think that's a hilarious troll that he does. It's <laughs> funny, and I, and I like it. But people think it's me. I'm like, no, I, I'm giving credit to that guy for being yeah. funny, but that is not me. Yeah, I'm a big NBA guy. I'm a, I'm an NBA stand, and I still, I think it's funny. <laughs> Well, I appreciate those kind words, Pop, because I at least there's there's someone that's caring on the sub about uh my constant downvotes. Well, <laughs> well I mean, no, I'm not saying I'm not one of the downvoters, but still, I I, I am. <laughs> well, you've been a little bit more popular lately. I'm not sure why. I mean, well, I, I was gonna say maybe you should reveal why the downvotes have not been flowing as heavily lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, there 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 is someone. That was previously in the league that uh, 
that that gets very hyped up to downvote tribe posts. And um, typically when I see a recent account from a day or two that is on that is only commenting in Reddit Bill Simmons, I have a, I have a pretty good idea of who this person is. And I assume they will be downvoting me into oblivion forever. And I immediately block the account. Now, granted, I don't think I have seen this type of account recently. Have you guys seen this recently? I haven't. I don't no, think yeah, I, I was thinking that too. I don't think I have, no. I, I, yeah. I, I was like, hmm, haven't seen that lately. It's kind of Th- that might change after this I was, podcast. Right? I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, we'll see. But yeah, we'll and, and we'll see how how the sub reacts to this too. But all right, so so if we're finished with sub talk, should we do? We're running over, but let's do let's do a draft recap. Yeah, let's also. I just wanted to pitch too as we do the draft recap that you know it's much like tribe. I also had never done a super flex before, so this could be fun for those of you who you know had never done super flex to kind of see or hear how. You know, the breakdown of a Superflex draft might be a little bit different than your traditional draft. It's like another Love it. another selling point in case you weren't already sold. Whoever right, so you I, are yeah. out there listening. All right, so I, I've got the draft up here. And what, what I think we can do for this one is let's – we don't have to go through every single pick, but let each round let's let's kind of go through the one or two best picks, the one or two worst picks, and then anybody who wants to, to say in a comment – about their specific pick that round, um, go for it. What we will do for the listeners is we will tweet a screenshot from the R. Bill Simmons Twitter account so you can follow along if you are listening. And again, if you are not a fantasy nerd, you, you can turn the podcast off right now. You guys know me on, on the sub. I, I am critical of Bill talking too much fantasy and gambling, so I'm not going to do that. If you do not want to hear this, turn it off. Um, but if you're still listening, I assume you're going to nerd out with us with fantasy. So we have the screenshot um, on on the Twitter. Follow along. Let's start with round one here. And I think what stands out to me, Taylor, number one, you know, that's you probably had to pick him first, but that's that's a tough blow. Yeah, I think that was when I was looking at it. That was the one that stood out to me as probably being the, the worst pick. Um I- Debatably with Cooper Cup, maybe. Yeah, I, I. Let's see here. I was very low on. Uh, I was actually low on Taylor, even though I hadn't played in two years. I was kind of like, well, it seems always obvious to take the 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 running back that had the best season because it's so rare that the running back who had the best season the year prior actually ends up being as good. Like, I mean, they're usually in the top five. They're rarely ever the one guy again. So when I didn't get the one pick anyway, I was kind of like, eh, I'm okay with not getting Taylor. I was like, I, I was trying to get Taylor throughout the season for cheap, but I wasn't like going to, you know, pick him number one. But yeah. and now for, for people that are listening along, so you can see QBs came in hot and heavy. Allen, Mahomes, Jackson, Herbert, and, and Burrow picked in the first round. So Jokers and, and uh, Bob, why don't you guys talk about the QB strategy, picking them first? Yeah, I mean, you have obviously in, in a super flex league, you know, you have you have to start a quarterback just like in any league. Um, but then you also have that super flex spot where, you know, theoretically you can play, I think, 
quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, or running back, right? But, yeah. you know, in typically in most 12-man fantasy leagues, you know, you want to – you don't really have that sense of urgency with quarterback because, you know, there's kind of that top tier, maybe top – maybe it's like that two tiers kind of there at the top. Or if you if you get a guy that lands in one of those two tiers, you can definitely still win your championship, you know, easily. I mean, I, I saw multiple leagues this year where dudes won with Daniel Jones as their starting quarterback. Um, but how interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then in a two QB league, right? You you really need like it's kind of like um, you know in a in a regular league how running backs. You know, you really need to make sure you have one of those running backs in the top two tiers or maybe multiple in those top two tiers to help your team, you know, be set apart because you do not want to be stuck with one of those, you know, RB30 or RB31 in your starting spot. And that goes in this league with quarterback too. You do not want to be one of the guys that's starting QB28 or QB29, right? Like that's a serious disadvantage because the difference between QB28 and QB12 is pretty staggering. Yes. So yeah. that is why I went with Justin Herbert in round one, and it did not pay off. <laughs> Herbert, I think Herbert was okay. I, th- I and at one point I think you were trying to trade him, and I was I was interested, but I just was like I was trying to hold out on something a bit better than uh, the the Rogers Watson combo that I ended up dumping for Kyle, like one quarter of Kyler Murray. <laughs> So before he blew out his knee, yeah, I'm looking at the board right now, like the entire board, and yeah, it's you can see the correlation of guys who took didn't like I forget whoever took someone waited till the fifth round to take two as his first quarterback, and uh, I think <laughs> that's I, not cutting it. Yeah, it uh, no, you know what? I think he did well. I think he he had McCaffrey and Barkley. Um, he did, he did not make the playoffs. But was he, that zombie comics? No, uh, no, no, no. It's, Actually, uh, who had the best strategy, but it just didn't work out, and he got bored. Uh, <laughs> the guy took Mahomes and Prescott won too. Like he actually—that's oh, yeah. actually—he just picked the wrong quarterback. The second quarterback he took, took the wrong guy, like as a second pick. If he had taken someone like you know um, Trevor Lawrence or Tua. Or even just, I mean, Justin Fields would have been an insane reach because even I was like, I looked at Fields and I was, I was surprised, Bob, you took Fields like that high. I was just like, yeah, you got to show me something throwing the ball first before I take you that high. But then he ended up running for like over a thousand yards. Yeah, that was that was a great pick. We'll we'll get to that when we get to that round. So let's go. So Joker's Lamar picking. I mean that that was a fine pick. He's one of the best QBs for fantasy. So I I was nervous because I pick Eckler first. I have the eight, I have the ninth pick, and I'm looking at it saying I need a QB, and all of a sudden, already six QBs have gone by. So luckily, Hertz for me was the final guy in that top two tiers. I thought it was basically Allen and Mahomes, maybe Herbert top two, top three. Then it was Lamar, Herbert, Burrow, Murray, and Hertz. Luckily, he was able to grab Hertz. And that, I mean, I got kind of lucky because that wasn't totally a choice by me to have specifically Hertz over Murray or Burrow or Jackson. It was just that was the final guy in the tier that I had that fell to me. And that turned out to be 
really useful because obviously Hurts did incredible this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then Bob because... picks Naji next, which you should talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, man, uh, talk about being disappointed. That was someone I was so high on going into this year. And I really, you know, I, I usually when you draft a guy and they're disappointing, it's because they got injured or maybe it turned out that there were other injuries on their team or their O-line like really sucked. And I'm sure a lot of that was true. But man, every time I would watch the Steelers, I was so unimpressed with Najee. He just doesn't seem like he's got the the pop. You know, I was watching the Eagles this last weekend and you know or sorry, uh who did the the what was the other game in the NFC? Oh, Niners Cowboys. Um and just seeing like Tony Pollard and seeing the pop that he has and there's Najee Harris just does not have it. And that's why leaving round one and round two with Justin Herbert and Najee Harris did not set me up for success. No. <laughs> yeah. And I think Jokers, like you, like Lamar, at least when he was healthy, and then Adams, I mean, Adams coming in middle second round. Yeah, he's the, four, he's the fourth receiver off the board. I mean, he was putting up huge weeks. Yeah, I mean, Adams had a great year, and it's a thing where given the, how – like flush with running backs I end up being by the end of the year if I would have I probably would have never made the trade have I known like oh you're gonna have Dante Foreman you're gonna have Etienne's gonna you know break out David Montgomery's gonna be solid he's gonna basically he's gonna lose his spot but then he's gonna get a spot back by the end of the year I never would have made the trade and I'm not saying that against Aaron Jones and Mike Williams because they were both good when they were healthy but it was just a thing where it's like, okay, Adams is top, top, top t- tier receiver. And I was giving away great receivers away like candy. Like, like <laughs> I took Hopkins. I took uh, DeAndre Hopkins in like the eighth round. Um, but Jokers, I, had, we, you, I, I looked through. You drafted Garrett Wilson too. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I took Garrett Wilson and then I cut him after two weeks because that's <laughs> such a, yeah, like I said, I give him away like candy. It's like I have a weird eye for wide receivers drafting them. Or I'm, I think I draft pretty well usually. It's just that I just like, I get kind of restless. And it's like the worst thing that kind of happened this year was as weird as this is, I started 5 and 0 and it's like I'm looking f- to improve my team. I'm like, I got to get better. I got to get better. I got to get better. Like, I can't sit there and be like, you're 5-0, relax. Like, it, it's like I, I, I always try to, do like, you know, you know, just improve upon the edges. And it's like – You pull the Simmons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you're too far. Yeah. It's, sometimes when you're, like, you, you, you have something sculpted so nicely that you try to sand it away and, it, like, it destroys itself, you know. And it's like um, – so like by the end of the season, I'm like, I need a quarterback. I need a quarterback. And it's like, there's nothing, there's nothing. Everything's gone. It's like Lamar got hurt. Now it didn't help that Lamar and Kyler Murray got hurt in consecutive weeks. But when Lamar got hurt and I was like, Kyler was my number one. And I had like, what was I starting? Like Sam Darnold and, and Baker Mayfield were the choices. It's like, that's, oh, and I started Davis Mills one time. I managed to get Davis Mills. And it's like this is this is a disaster. Like, like I didn't know what to do because it's like as as deep as my team was, everywhere else. It's like if you don't have good quarterbacks, you're you're really screwed. You like you just can't. It's an insurmountable comeback. You can't come away with you know. So, 
Yeah. All right. An- announcement for the listeners. Pop had to bounce. That's all right. We uh, we went much longer than we attended. But, hey, we're, we're talking Bill Simmons, the sub and fantasy. It's a fun time. So we're going to keep rolling here. So let's move it to round three. Russell Wilson, that turned out to be a terrible pick. I, I can't really blame anybody for taking him that early because, you know, no one expected him to be that bad. I think Saquon in the th- Saquon in the third round, 27th overall, great pick. And then I think we Pop just left. Me, Pop probably just left because he, he didn't want to talk about his next <laughs> Trey pick. Lance. Trey, Trey Lance, Lance. Uh, as, as his first QB in the third round after drafting Henry to Mixon. That that's a bummer. You know, I can't hate him for that pick because I was I was high on Trey Lance in the in the Anna the the regular draft, you know, because the Bears are like, I'm a Bears fan, so obviously, so I had a bunch of Bears besides Justin Fields. But like during that draft, I'm like, when they're scouting different quarterbacks, and I'm like, I usually like to scout the quarterback. So Trevor Lawrence was the number one, but everyone was so high on Zach Wilson. I and I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it. Like I didn't know why. I was like, I don't, I don't know what people see in this guy. He's scrawny looking. Yeah, he could throw pretty far, but all these guys in the league could throw pretty far. And they're trying to find another Mahomes when this guy is not does not have the you know, the size that Mahomes has like physically. So like I was like looking at tr- someone like Trey Lance who you know, he kind of has this, if you look him up, he has this, he's like the size of Donovan McNabb type of player. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys remember him. And so I looked at him. I'm like, I think in that offense this year, he was going to be great. And first week and a half, it was like, you know, the first week he didn't particularly do well at all. And I think in preseason, he didn't do well. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't remember him making, making a lot of stuff. So anyways, take it away. (laughs) Try, but like, another, another note too is it's pop and Jay is a 49ers fan too. So you also have to throw that, you know, it's always fun to have the quarterback of your favorite team. I think if, if there's any one position you want, it's your favorite team's QB. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it was, it was totally reasonable that Lance could have had a Jalen hurts type of year this year easily. I, I was thinking of taking Lance. If he got to me, absolutely. Because he, the, the running game is so important in these leagues with QBs. So if you if you have a guy like Lamar and Hurts and potentially Lance, you want that. So I, I think that's a totally respectable pick. It is tough as the first QB, I think, because you know, and, and that's where this gets fun because if you're in a ten or twelve team league with one QB, like you can take a guy seventh and then you can take Lance. And then if Lance hits, great. But in this one, if you're taking Lance, like you gotta start that guy the whole year. So you want it to be good. Now speaking of that. So this was this was interesting to me because I'm picking third round, um, ninth pick. I'm like, you know what? I'm looking at Swift, Williams, and Connor as like the three running backs that I might want for my second running back. And I'm thinking, all right, let me go Swift because I like him more than Javante and Connor. But I, I consider them like similar, but that's fine. I'll take him. And then I'm like, I want to get another QB to get my two good QBs um, to start. And the, the four guys in the board that I liked were Rogers, Stafford, Cousins, and Carr. And I said, there's six picks because it's Snake. There's six picks between me and the next time I draft. <laughs> there's 
I, I want one of the four guys. I'm not. I'm assuming those are going to be available. All those guys get taken in four out of the next six picks. The guy in front of me um, gets hyped up on Kirk Cousins, picks him right before me. I wanted Kirk Cousins. So I'm sitting there dying. I'm like, I can't believe this. My whole season's ruined because I don't have a second QB. And we'll get to what I did to try to fix that later. So I ended up going with Kittle. And and frankly, that looked like a terrible pick for three quarters of the season. Somehow, some way, this guy ripped off amazing games by the end of the year. I mean, Brock, Big Cock Brock was killing it. So Kittle actually ended up being a great pick for me. But at the time, wasn't a great pick for most of the season. And he was injured at the beginning, beginning of the season, too. And then if you look at – so I picked Kittle fourth round, number four pick. The next tight end is only fifth round, 12th pick. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting there in this draft going, oh, my goodness. I don't have a good second QB, and I picked the tight end too early. Not good. So, yeah, that was that was my fling with, uh, with the two QB league messing my draft up, or so I thought. Yeah, that I other thing I wanted to add too um, about the the Trey Lance the Trey Lance pick. I think another I looking at this draft board. I'm just now recalling. I took Aaron Jones one pick after Pop and Jay took Trey Lance. I swear to you, I was definitely going to take him. Now that I'm looking at this again, I for sure was going to take Trey Lance. And I Pop picked Swift taken. after you picked Jones, and I think I might have taken Lance too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a solid one, but. Kittle, man, he came on in the playoffs. He was a different Dude, time. I don't know Purdy. what the heck happened. It was, yeah, I mean, it had to be Purdy. Yeah. I, I'm thinking yeah. with Kittle, though, it's like, I remember Kittle uh, starting his career, and he was very, very, very good. And there was like a point where I think it was Shanahan who said to him, hey, we need you for blocking. And so it was a thing where he's had years where it's like, he, he p- should put up the numbers a little bit better than what, he should, but he's still like a, one of the best tight ends in football because of his blocking ability. Like, but you're right though. Like this year, he, uh, um, the 2018 and 2019, I'm reading right now, he was third and second in, in, um, PPR. And in 2020, he was hurt. So he's 20. But the last two years, 21, fourth, this year, he was third. And so, yeah, he's, he's always had that talent though. Um, and this year, this is the most touchdown he ever caught, I think. 11, right? Yeah. He, he was putting up two TDs a game for like three weeks in a row. It's unreal. Yeah. 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 All right. So that, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about Kittle. Okay. So I wanted to touch on two in this round. One of the, be- one of the best picks of the draft, Tyree Kill, fourth round, eighth pick. So what? That's like 40th-ish overall, 44th overall. And huge I, pick. <laughs> huge. And I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, I passed him. I, I took Jameis over. But I was looking at it from the perspective of – there's two things I was looking. I knew I needed another quarterback. I was like, I have to take two quarterbacks. And you had Lamar Jackson already, right? Yeah, but I was like, I know this league with the second quarterback, it's so important to get two in the first four rounds. So Jameis, I was high on. I really honestly was. I was like – Jameis will throw the ball a lot. Uh, the Saints will be a high-scoring team. Um, is, and for the first couple of weeks, they did throw a lot, and they did, you know, they did score a lot. But the problem was is that Jameis kept getting hurt, and he was making this stupid, some the same dumb throws. 
And the reason why I passed on Tyreek was simply Tua had showed us nothing like the first couple of years. And it was like, I get that it was a similar, it was basically a similar situation with Devontae Adams where, you know, that I felt with Derek Carr, but at least Derek Carr had established. It's like, I don't know Tua was going to even keep his job by like week five. So it's like, to me, it's like, it's one of these scenarios where a great ride receiver, bad quarterback, and you're just kind of stuck in hell with them. But kudos, taking Cup and Tyree Kill, like in the first four picks, like that's a, that's an incredible tandem. Um, I'm not sure who took him. <laughs> they, they, they took Tom Brady in the third round, but still it was like, it was incredible. Yeah, Jokers, I, I totally agree. And I was the same way with the Dolphins receivers. I said, there's no way I'm taking Hill or Waddle because I don't trust Tua at all. And I don't think he can support two guys. I think each guy is going to eat into the other guy. Now, unfortunately, that, you know, that was definitely the wrong call because Waddle and Hill both did amazing. But that's one of those things where, it, like in fantasy, I, I, my, my big thing is I'm always looking to get the number one receiver on a team. And I don't care as much about the talent sometimes. I just want the guy in the position. With the Dolphins, that when Tyreek is going fourth round and Waddle is going fifth round, 11th pick, that's too low for the talent. And I think that was the mistake. And it wasn't only made in our league. I mean, this was made across all fantasy leagues mm-hmm. and people paid the price for it. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, it's always that that's the one thing that is always like tricky when you're picking wide receivers. It's like, you have to look at the quarterback. You have to, it's like, um, but it's the same reason why I was looking at Devontae Smith at one point, but I couldn't trust with, with AJ Brown being there who I knew was good. And I just was like, Jalen hurts could have a great year, but Devontae Smith, no matter what is going to be the number two receiver. And I guess technically it was, but we didn't, I don't think anyone expected the Eagles to be this good on offense this year. Like, I didn't. I drafted yeah. Hurts. I didn't think they. I thought they were going to be good, a good team. I did not think they were going to um, the uh, conference championship. I I thought they were going to be a very good team, though. And I knew Devontae Smith was going to be very good from a talent standpoint because I when they took took him last year in the draft, I was like, he's a great pick. He's not going to be a bust. Like as long as you throw him the ball, like because watching him at Alabama, granted, it's like they have plenty of talent he was so intelligent of the way he was able to like recognize um, like college defenses where it's like, I know what defense it is before the play starts and I'm going to go to a spot. As long as you throw it to me, I'm going to catch it. Cause you know, the speed of the, the college is not as fast as the NFL. So he was like, that's part of the reason he won the Heisman trophy last year there, because he was just like league smarter. Like he's just a really intelligent guy. So, but, uh, you know, I, I think in his case, like, it's like if you don't have a great quarterback or it's like you're not sure if they're going to be good, then the receiver's going to suffer for sure. You know? I think Tyreek really proved – I have one, like, kind of a line item at the very top of my fantasy manifesto, my personal fantasy manifesto, and that's talent above everything. You know, too often we try and think about, like, who's going to be, you know – get the most carries out of this backfield share or, you know, I think Tyreek Hill this year and Tony Pollard both proved that, you know, 
getting a really, really talented player, they'll just they pop. They find a way to get on the field and make a difference. Um, yep. No matter you know what their share is. Chase last year as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's, that's gonna be interesting with the Cowboys next year. Is like, are is Zeke Zeke's a free agent? Right? Is he a free agent? No, Tony Pollard is though. Oh, Tony Pollard. Ooh. But he's yeah. probably gonna get franchise tagged. I would imagine. Yeah, and it's like, if if at this point, because you know, and I think Zeke's had a great career, but it's like. He's 28 this year, and it's like you look at Pollard, and Zeke is just kind of this like bruising running back now. He's not, he doesn't have the pop he did his rookie year, um, or even a couple of years into the league. He's just kind of like, yeah, he's really good, but you know, it, it's like you you know you are noticing noticing something from him that's something seems a little off, and it's like he might have been he's might have been aging now. So, yeah, I think. Maybe my hot take or opposite of hot take is I think what the in terms of the running game, I think what the Cowboys are doing is working. Having yeah. Zeke as a short distance guy who can get the goal line or the short first down. Yeah. Um, have Tony Pollard in on the other downs. Um, I'm sure they really wish they were paying Zeke a lot less, <laughs> but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. And he claims he claims he's willing to take a pay cut though. Like the stand. Oh, well then there you go. Um his first every year he's played, um, his numbers, his yards per carry has gone down. Um, granted, he still gets the touchdowns. And this year, despite he was only in our league, he would have been 22nd running back, but he still had 12 rushing touchdowns this year. Yeah. And, and speaking of Zeke, he's, he's drafting the fifth round here, fifth pick. Reasonable. I mean, the guy got a lot, ton of touchdowns. So I think that was. Absolutely a, a fine pick, if anything. That, that's probably a good pick there. Also in the fifth round, I think I think we have to touch on James Cook being drafted. <laughs> Before the, I think Devin Singletary. Yeah, yeah. And, and this, was, this was a case of a fantasy newbie playing, and this, this guy will is not going to a, be in the, in the league next year. Would you call him a, a, a boo newbie? <laughs> boo newbie? <laughs> I, th- I thought it was Bond, but Bono. Bond. That was that's a rough pick though. James Cook definitely. I part of me understood the hype. He was really good at Florida State. You know, everyone's talking about him being Dalvin Cook's brother. He's on the Bills. It was a sexy, sexy look, right? But but it, you can get him later, and I think oh, that yeah. might be the mistake of of a new player is that if you really like a guy, and look, it's fine to like a guy because, mm-hmm. like you just said, Bob, it, it's the talent. So he has a lot of talent. It's fine to like a guy. But you gotta be careful about where you draft these guys. I I personally next year, I mean, I wouldn't pick him in the first five rounds, but if he's hanging around like eighth round, I probably will take him next year. If he's especially if he's because I do think he has talent. It's not like he, you know, I almost guarantee you he's gonna be a top five round pick next year. Like I I really feel it. Doesn't Matt didn't Matthew Barry had those guarantees on a show where it was like, oh, I think this is gonna happen. Someone else yeah. said, oh, I think this is going to happen. Well, they used to do that for the fantasy show, but he's with he's on, on NBC now. But yeah, uh, them trading Zach Moss, I think, signaled that they want to get Cook more involved. Yeah. Mm. And Singletary, you know, he's a pretty solid running back, but it's one of these things where he he's undersized. You know, I think he's only like, he's only five seven. Yeah. And, and it's like, I think they've been using him for so many years now where it's like, he's not really. I have this theory too about, um, and I think Bill even said this, but I was saying this 
I think I was talking to my dad about this, where um, if you've got a cold team, or I'm sorry, if you live in a cold sit like cold area like Buffalo, I think it should be mandatory that, or it, it, you should have some semblance of a running game. Like, you know, like I think that's part of the reason why as great as Josh Allen is, it's like to play in Buffalo where it's, it's, you know, it's going to the snow and the weather's going to be crap. You have to have put some emphasis on running the ball or otherwise you got in a situation the other day with the Bengals and the Bengals are a great team. I'm not going to sit here and crap on the Bengals by saying this, but they had Joe Mixon and they could run mm. the ball down their throats. Open up the passing game so much. Yeah. And it's like, and you're playing in bad weather. And I don't know if Buffalo is going eventually. Do you know if they're going to have a dome stadium eventually that they're trying to build? I, I, I saw the pictures of the. I would hate that if that's true. I would hate that. I feel like Buffalo yeah, should it, always it, have an outdoor it stadium. Take, you know, it would take away from it. But at that point, if you have a dome team, you can get away with not running the ball. But mm-hmm. in Buffalo's case, like they got to run the ball next year. The Patriots uh, sound like Bill. The Patriots, like they're most successful when they were like they had a running game, you know, because it's like they have bad weather, you know, they short passing and running game, you know, and it's like it's Big it, Ten it football. All, huh? It's Big Ten football. It yeah. Was... And it's like it, unless you're living in the elements of, oh, okay, here's another example. Granted, they had an all time great defense, but Seattle, like their decline started when they were putting more emphasis on the passing game. And granted, they still run the ball very well, but it's like Seattle's best thing was ground and pound. And now they're kind of like, they're kind of in this weird flux where they're probably going to get a new quarterback. They're probably going to try to draft another quarterback in the draft and keep Geno Smith, which we should talk about Geno Smith later. But. Oh, I uh, I definitely earmarked Geno Smith in my notes. <laughs> nice. Okay, so we're, we're going to get to Bob with Fields. but I was going to say. Looking, yeah. yeah, I'm looking at this so briefly before, before you could take a – a victory lap in the fields. <laughs> Pop had Allen Robinson. What? Oof. The joke was trying to trade me Allen Robinson the whole year. What happened there? That, um, um, he traded it. Didn't Jokers you say earlier he traded him to you like week three or four or something? It was no, he trade. Yeah, but that was the thing where he, I got Hawkinson and that's who I was mm-hmm. looking at. I want pass catchers. That's why I said to him. I wanted Cortland Sutton and Hawkinson or Gabe. I was originally Gabe Davis I was trying to get. And once he offered me Robinson, I was kind of like, and Hawkinson, I was kind of like, you know, Garoppolo's not, and, and I was right about, I was right about Garoppolo, like, he was good, but he wasn't, it wasn't like trading, it wasn't like a horrible, horrible trade of, I had so many quarterbacks, I, I had at the time, Lamar, Aaron Rodgers, and a Jacoby Brissett, Deshaun Watson combo. Mm. And that's what I, that was part, I think that was part of the trade, now that I think about it. No, that was a different trade. That was that was one of them was part of the trade where somebody had Kobe Brissett and gave him to me because I wanted him while Watson was sitting out. That's and the me. irony was by the end of the season, like I didn't have either on my team because <laughs> Brissett lost his job to Watson. I was like, I'm not really impressed with Watson. And I was right. He he didn't play that well the last four weeks because he didn't play for a year and a half. See, as the as the as the listener can hear, Jokers was doing a lot of trades. <laughs> a lot but yeah so so bob let, let's hear fields this was a fantastic pick yeah, it's he crushed it and this was your number two quarterback so let's let's hear the the thought process there yeah i mean i just, i'm not going to get to take many victory laps actually looking through this draft 
I think this is probably the only victory. Christian Kirk in round 10 was pretty good. But other than that, you know, I I had uh, taken Herbert in round one, you know, taken a couple running backs, Mike Evans in the fourth round. And round five, I was feeling like it's time to step back into the quarterback game, you know, super flex league. It's probably a good idea to have two solid starters. Um, unfortunately, some of the more like young prospects had been coming off the board. Trevor Lawrence, um, Trey Lance, we already discussed him. Tua was taken a little bit earlier in this round. So I kind of felt like at this spot, I'd already taken Herbert. And I told myself, okay, I want to take like a super high upside guy for my second QB. I don't want to play it safe. Um, I have a feeling Justin Herbert is going to be, you know, pretty consistent week in and week out. And he turned out to be consistent, just a little bit, you know, lower in his consistency. Um, but so I went with Justin Fields and I got taunted by a certain member of this league into uh, convincing me over and over and over again that I should be dropping Justin Fields because he was putting up, you know, 11 or 12 point games. And they're like, oh, dude, you are an idiot for even rostering Justin Fields. You know, I was taunted ridiculously, um, hyping up their their taunts quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, going into week six, I was, I think I was one and four, two and three. And I had the least, um, or I had the least points in the entire league. And then Justin Fields finally woke up and my season turned around and I fucking hitched my wagon to the Fields Island. And that analogy, I guess, doesn't really work, but, you know, hooked, hooked my wagon to the Justin Fields Field bandwagon court. and uh, got taken to the first round of the playoffs. Where I got you bought a lot of beans. stock in Justin Fields. I did. Um, and I was, Man, there, there was a four-week run where I think I scored 160 points or more every single week, and it was like Justin Fields was contributing like a quarter of that. It was absolutely nuts. Yeah, um, that was – I mean, him, him putting up a running back-esque 20 carries for 170 yards and two TDs was just unbelievable. So, yeah, great great pick by you there. All right, let's, let's, let's hop into round six here. So the, the thing that sticks out – with me in round six, I think this is potentially the best pick of the draft. Josh Jacobs, round oh. six, third pick. This is yeah. incredible. This guy was the did he finish RB one or he's close at least? I think so. And now this person was Josh Jacobs was traded from this team to some a different team that was more hyped up on Jacobs than this other team. But this is an amazing pick and. I'm looking at this team that picked Jacobs. I mean, pretty pretty solid team. A lot of, a lot of stars there. A few of them were traded away. So I thought that one worked out nicely. I tried here. I picked out Ryan as my number two QB. I then later had to try a different one uh, later on, which worked out better. But that was kind of my thing. Um, yeah, Any anything else sticking out to you guys in this round? Yeah, there was a point where I'm looking at Josh Jacobs right now, and he uh... – he averaged 150 yards and two touchdowns from like the three games from week four, week five, and week seven. And then he had another peak where it was like he ran for 229. Like he was just nuts this year. And it was, it was kind of a, it wasn't, you wouldn't think that because he didn't, he didn't catch, he wasn't catching a terrible amount of receptions, you know, but, you know, it was, yeah, it was such a home run pick. I wasn't, I wasn't high on him either. I was kind of like, well, 
he's had a good career so far. It's like, and he's going to the Raiders, and it's like, I heard a lot of buzz about them not, uh, you know, they're not sure if they were going to re-sign him. But yeah, like now it's like, stand. If we were playing in a standard league, he was number one, and PPR he was actually third. But he was incredible here, you know. And it, it, I would feel bad for whoever, you know, decided to trade him. <laughs> But, All right, let's um let's pop into round seven here. Okay, so th- this is where being in a super flex league gets gets fun because round seven starts off Mac Jones number one, Ugh. Baker Mayfield the second pick of the round. Then we go Ryan Tannehill is picked as well. So this is just like good and and for each of these three teams that picked those guys that was their number two quarterback. So this is why you have to be really like, it's okay to take two QBs in the first three to four rounds because otherwise you're going to have a Mac Jones starting for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just turns into slop at that point. It's not even, you know, you might as well try to look for, you know, a better position player, you know, if you're starting those guys and it's like, you can't get that second quarterback. You're, going to have um you know a severe disadvantage you know every and that's week. why that's why you guys taking flyers on the waiver wire for backup quarterbacks i mean people are taking andy dalton two weeks before he even made that first start because there was speculation that andy dalton might actually start well there was i think that was due and duke duke was saying that yeah oh i heard winston uh uh, has a fractured back and I'm like, where are you reading this? And I'm like, I couldn't find anything. And then somehow like a week later, then they came out. Like I was checking on Twitter for that too. I was like, I'm not buying this. And then I checked on Twitter like a week and a half later and like, Oh, he's got a fracture in his back. So it's like the dude just will himself into a, <laughs> a quarterback by saying, Oh, he's got a back fracture because I didn't read anything like that. Otherwise they would have been like, Hey, let's talk about trades, you know, but, but yeah, that was, that's that's kind of how you had to happen this year. It's like you had to save your money in case quarterbacks will go down during the league, you know? Well, and the guy who even drafted Tannehill in this round, six rounds later, seven rounds later, takes Tannehill's backup even. You know, just in, in no other league am I in are people drafting backup quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, I like, no, it's fun. I like the thought of it, though. I like it's, Oh, yeah. It's not a terrible strategy at all because I, I – I was hoping um, I took Watson, right? But I was like, I was sitting there. I'm like, I'm gonna have to wait like ten weeks. And so my final pick of the draft was originally gonna be Jacoby Brissett, but I needed another tight end, so I took Evan Ingram. Um, and then you took Brissett, and that's that's who I got in the trade for Adams. I got mm-hmm. Brissett too, just because I was like, I need some sort of security here in case I don't know Watson decides to go to another. Uh, i'm like you know and so and ultimately you did you know we did trade that but percent was good i don't i think he's a free agent this year and i think whoever wherever he goes um he he may get a nice little payday and he might get a starting gig because he was very good last year when he did play i mean it didn't he had such low expectations but so, so I will I will toot my own horn here the most that I will in this podcast. 
the next the, the three picks starting in the seventh round really won the league for me. Yeah. So I pick Miles Sanders round round seven ninth pick, who I'm who I was high on. I, I drafted him in multiple leagues. I thought I actually I I was targeting Sanders and Edwards Alaire actually as two guys that people had high expectations the first two years. The the guys didn't deliver, but they had talent. And it turned out that just in every league I was in, Edwards Alaire was always drafted before Sanders, and so I went with Sanders. So it was type sleeper, man. Well, and, type I, sleeper. I thought, and I thought that Sanders would ha- be on a good offense. So I said, sure, let, let me throw Hertz and Sanders together. So that was good. Damian Pierce, round eight, I went. And I, I thought that was a good value pick because he was the number one receiver or number one running back. And then Danny Dimes, my ninth round pick, who I ended up starting over Ryan for most of the season, really, really helped me out. And actually, it's interesting if you look at so Ryan Tannehill's drafted round seven, fifth pick. There's no quarterback until round nine, ninth pick. So I think I was the first guy who drafted three quarterbacks, which you would mm. say, oh, wow, three quarterbacks in the first nine rounds. Are you crazy? But this is just how the lead develops. Like you got to do you got to do stuff like that. You and you really fell in love, too, with that, uh, that, that Danny Dimes gif. You know, that was a good. Uh, that was a good bit. Every Danny Dimes touchdown, kind of sprinkled some dimes. That was fun. So <laughs> another one I'm looking at here, Kenneth Walker. That's a great pick, uh, round eight. Um, and then Tony Pollard round. Yeah. So this this is interesting to me because there, there's definitely a strategy out there that is draft running backs pretty early. And like that was my strategy. Four of my top eight picks for running backs, but. Look at these guys that were drafted. You had Kenneth Walker, eighth round, eighth pick. Tony Pollard, ninth round, first pick. Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson, ninth round, second pick. These guys all crushed it. So if you – and granted, they it took a couple of injuries for them to do better. But, man, if you hit on one of those guys, you, you had an RB1 for most of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Patterson was had stretches of being a really solid running back too, and he was taken right after those two guys you just mentioned. Yeah, it is. You're you're it, definitely right. And it it almost feels like now there's more running back depth than receiver depth. Hmm. I mean, some of these receivers that people are taking. I mean, I'll I'll get to to my guys later, but yeah, these receivers. They're the, the great hundred catches, fourteen hundred yards, ten TD receivers, few and far between. Yeah. 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 And it's weird because there's more pass, there's more of a passing game. And it's like, you know, the, the passing game, it's like the best of the best, they'll get like way more yards. And now it's, now it's with running backs where guys come in like the Bears situation. They had, they had the best running game in, in football where they had fields running, but they also had David Montgomery and then uh, Khalil Herbert. Um, you know, behind him were was for a while there it looked like Herbert was gonna take the starting gig from Montgomery and he kinda did. But then he got hurt and then Montgomery went back into his role and it's like, oh, he's still he's still good. And the Jags had that situation early on too where they had ETN and um James Robinson split carries. And it's just mm-hmm. like and the Cowboys were the best example because they had Zeke and Tony Pollard. And it's like I think that's how the NFL is gonna work now 
the last, especially from the last 10 years, is like you need two good running backs. You can't, fantasy wise, like it's good, you know, to have like a workhorse who's always in there, but the best teams have like two really good running backs, you know, and it's like if you don't have that, you're going to wear someone down. Someone who I think could play in the league many years, but I could also see being out of the league in, in two years, um, is Derrick Henry, because he's had so much mileage mm-hmm. in his career that whenever whenever he like loses a step, it's going to come to a screeching halt for him. So I mean, I'm throwing that out next year. I'm like, Derrick Henry had another very good year, but it's like, I don't know. You're 29 years old now, and you've had so many carries in your career that, you know, it, it could be a thing where it's like he, his career kind of just comes to a grinding halt, like many running backs do. Definitely. So let's do – so round round 10, I have to give both of you guys credit. And, frankly, I made a mistake. I, I shouldn't have drafted the Bills defense. I Because I, <laughs> I only had one – and I got some shit for that, which was deserved. I only had one receiver at that point. only had Pittman around five. So it's round 10. Um, I took the Bills defense. Bob, you took Kirk. And Jokers, you took Garrett Wilson. You didn't keep him. But <laughs> Kirk, Kirk and Wilson both had great years and great value in the 10th round, as well as Olave, great value at the first pick of the 10th round. Shout I, out Jelly Beans right there with the Olave pick. Yeah, I, I was very – because I'm an Ohio State fan. I was very high on Olave or Wilson, so I was trying to get one of them that round. I actually was like – and I actually wanted Kirk too. I was kind of like, okay, if it gets to me where it's a lobby, Kirk and Wilson, I have to make a decision here. But it got to a point for me where you took Bob, you took Kirk. And I was like, all right, well, I'm perfectly fine taking Garrett Wilson. And people are going to look at me like, who's Garrett Wilson? I'm like, trust me, I watched him um, at Ohio State with CJ Stroud, who's, you know, going to be a top three pick this year. Like, him and Olave last year were incredible. And Wilson was just like, every time they got in the red zone, like Wilson was catching passes left and right. He had like touchdowns his uh, last season in Ohio State. So the problem was with Kara Wilson is that Zach Wilson's throwing the ball to him. So we'll see what happens next season because they keep, the Jets are keep saving face and saying they're, they're going to bring Zach Wilson back. But I just don't know how you can. Because it's just like he's – it's one thing to be bad, but it's an, another thing to be bad and like kind of like, oh, well, I don't need to like – you know, it's the defense's fault we lost the game. It's like you cannot do that if you're a quarterback. That's crazy. No no good quarterback does that, you know. Yeah, so Wilson Wilson was on my radar. That should have been my pick. I didn't pick him, um, but I was thinking about it. And you can see with some of the guys that drafted later, I was in that rookie mindset. But – I, I was I completely avoided all Jacksonville players. I did not buy that offense at all. I did not buy Lawrence, and that I weird, obviously proved. I weirdly me. was the opposite of that. I was like, eh. well, I, as the league's you know resident Texas A and M fan, let me just say that not only was I stoked that Christian Kirk truly popped this year, but it was beautiful that he truly popped on my team. So, you know, again, I was pretty pretty happy with how that one played out. I mean that that's great value. Was he was he the most productive receiver on your team? Um, I'm well, looking at Evans after I got Devontae yeah. Adams, probably. Oh, not. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jokers, I had to rub that one in. 
but yeah, I think um, I think that was Kirk and Fields probably your two best picks. Yeah, I and then agree. yeah, so let's zoom to the next one. So this yeah, this is where this this league gets fun because you've got you took Mariota as your third QB, which which I think it makes a lot of sense because like I did that with Danny Dimes, and then I'm out here picking Trey Burks because I'm thinking, oh shit, I need a second receiver. I should have taken Wilson. That was a mistake on my part, but I went with Burks. And then, yeah. Jo- jo- so, Jokers, who was your tight end? Because you took oh, it was it was it Ingram, Taysom Hill. Yeah, because you're taking Hill, which I don't not. Well, what was the thought process there? I got no. I got to a point where I was looking at it, and I think I, I think I like Garrett Wilson more than I like Zach Ertz. I was kind of like, all right. I know what Zach Ertz is. He's he's in the latter half of his career. He might get some touches, but the problem is, is like he's going to have to compete completions. And I've just never, I personally have never, unless you're taking Travis Kelsey, I never feel like that tight end's that important because it's it's one of these things of these guys usually don't get as many targets as the wide receivers. So when I picked Taysom Hill, and he worked out for a little bit. Um, I knew that he was very much a wild card where he may get zeros, but he may actually get to run the ball, which is very valuable. And he'll get some catches and he'll get some trick plays and all that stuff. So that's what it, it was just basically a shot in the dark. Cause I knew I didn't have any tight ends and I was like, I need a tight end, but I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm going to go for like a home run guy. Basically. It was just like, it's kind of like taking, um, the third or fourth string wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs and seeing if like really late in the rounds and you're thinking like, oh, well, if one guy gets hurt, suddenly he's going to get all these bombs thrown to him from the homes. So that's what that was my thought process. And it worked for a little bit. I think I ultimately I can't remember if I cut him or I traded him. It was but he had worked out pretty well, like where he kind of exploded on his own, you know, because he, he was getting the trick plays, you know. Yeah, that's true. All right, so round thirteen here. I, I think I think you got to look at um, Pacheco. I mean, that's uh, he he really came on at the end of the year. He still is coming on. So that was a great pick, round thirteen. Um, allergy or whatever, Tyler as well. Um, he he was doing pretty well. And then a lot of know, these guys if, didn't didn't stick with the their original teams. I know, uh, right? It's just so yeah. you got to keep these guys, and then I'll I'll go with. Watson, so I will get to me not keeping everybody that I let that I drafted, but I kept Christian Watson because I just I, I'm looking and, and this is partly a talent thing, this is partly the fit, but I'm looking at Rogers and I'm going, he's gonna have to throw to somebody. Mm-hmm. Watson was was their top draft pick. I think something positive is gonna happen. And then he went on a run there. So like for me at the end of the year. I had out of nowhere, I had Kittle going on a run, and I had Watson going on a run. It was like a, I was pouring TDs for like six weeks in a row. It was unbelievable. So that I'm I'm proud of myself for keeping Watson even when he was doing really poorly and was injured. I I I, I wanted to keep him, but um as I'll as I'll get to later, I I drafted uh uh Jay who's Jamal Williams whatever the. the I drafted the Detroit running back who had 17 TDs, <laughs> Foreman, and I did not keep either of them. But I kept Watson, and that worked out for me. 
You, you should also acknowledge too that one of the most important players to your team on your team this year was Juju, who uh, was not drafted by you, but dropped by someone else for none other than the Kansas City great receiver Sky Moore. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was more hyped up on Juju than, than this other league participant. And yeah, Ju- Juju was dropped after a couple games of maybe three targets and three catches and 30 yards. Ooh, but Sky Moore of everyone for someone else who wasn't getting receptions from Patrick Mahomes either. But but this is why you can't play fantasy like Bill Simmons does. Right. Because you got to look at – it doesn't – like receivers – the the Devontae Adams can have a have a two catch fifteen yard game. It happens. Who the hell is Sky Moore? I I just looked him up. <laughs> Second round draft pick. So th- there there's a thought that he could have gotten some catches, and he did some weeks. But no, that's that's a tough uh, that's a tough exchange. Um. So I I was curious. I was going to ask you all this. Was you know once you kind of get into round eleven, it's a crapshoot from there, right? Like. Nobody at that point, you're not drafting busts anymore. You know, everyone's kind of taking flyers that they hope will like pop on their bench. So did anyone have like a, like a pick in this back half of the draft that you thought was like particularly the best? Um, Rashad White is, is a strong pick at 14 that the pirates picked him backing up Fournette, but that's a nice combo. So that was a nice one. I mean, I, Jay Williams is it Jamal? Am I getting that right? Yeah, Jamal Williams. Yeah, so so Jamal Williams. I take so I drafted Swift round three. I take Jamal Williams round fifteen pick nine. Freaking drop him after a week or two because I was looking for other guys and looking for wide receiver talent. And then Dute picks him up, and he was Dute's. I mean, without Jamal Williams, Dute doesn't make the playoffs. I don't think he was. He was a big. He was huge for Dute. So. Yeah, so that hurt me. I think I think Jacoby Myers is on my team for a while. You picked him. That was a good pick, 15. I, I mean, what did you – you probably dropped him because he got injured? Yeah, I think – I don't think I – I think I dropped him before the season even started, to be honest with you. I um, – well, let's talk about – you're talking back half here. Um, I was sitting on taking Deshaun Watson just as a trade asset for like three rounds. And I was mm. trying to think. I was kind of like, I don't know. It's going to take like nine or ten weeks for him to come back. But I'm like, this guy could could possibly either be a trade asset or he's going to be like really good when he comes back. So like I finally held off on taking him till the 15th round because I know I know his reputation. I didn't like having him on my team. Like I don't like the guy personally at all. I think he's horrible. But I just was like, well, strictly speaking, if anyone's going to boom here, it's probably going to be him. And um I was wrong choice of words, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like at that point I was kind of like the, what I was looking at quarterbacks wise, just everything else wise. Um, there just wasn't anything that I was particularly high on um, by that point. Well, and, I think, sorry, go ahead. And I mean, I'm going to talk about the, the pit to me, what was the pick of the draft, but we can get to that later. Well, who, what, I'm curious if you're about to say the same pick that I was going to say. What do you think the pick of the draft was? In terms of uh, where they were taken and what what he accomplished and what his position was? Yeah. Pick of the draft's Geno Smith. Exactly. I was going to say, Jelly Beans getting Geno Smith in the 17th round in a 2QB league. 
That was huge. huge. I had, he was he was number five. He was a top five quarterback, which was unreal. Like I thought he was going to be the quarterback by week five, and I was like, everyone was low on the Seahawks this year. Everyone they were like, yeah, they're going to be a bottom five team. They're going to they're going to trade DK Metcalf. Like Pete Carroll's going to leave, and like even though they came came just or no, I'm sorry, they didn't make the playoffs. What am I saying? They, you know, everyone wanted Detroit to make the playoffs, but I was even in the camp of like, you know what, Seattle, given the crap they got, and I was high up. I actually went the other way of Russell Wilson. I, I didn't want to take Russell Wilson. I thought he had regressed a little bit, not as badly as he did, but I love the deal the Seahawks traded for him. I was like, they got so much for him mm-hmm. considering his age. And if they just tank, you know, that they'll end up with a, really good quarterback next year anyway so it's not a big deal instead something even better happened the broncos were awful and the seahawks made the playoffs and the the they have the picks to move up to take either you know cj stroud or bryce young or if they want to take will levis that's fine too but they're they're right now in the fifth spot for the draft and they didn't even you know i was kind of right they were a bottom five team but <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't their pick. It was the Broncos. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm probably gonna have to roll here pretty soon. Tribe, did you have any uh, any closing comments you wanted to to leave us with or anything? No, I, I think we finished off on that. The, I was thinking the same thing. Smith was was the pick of the draft. I, I would say that the closing comment would be: if anybody has made it this far into the podcast and wants to be in the league. Let, let us know that you made it this far because I think this is only hardcore fantasy people. So if you're enjoying the conversation and you listen to the end of, of an analysis of a draft you were not in, that's probably the, top, the kind of person we want in the league. So message us on Twitter, message us on the sub that you made it this far and you want to play in the league. Yeah. Shine on, you crazy diamonds. Uh, email at us at uh, Life Advice at Ryan <laughs> <laughs> But no, I don't know about you guys. Any any closing comments, Jokers or Bob? No, just look forward to seeing everyone around the sub. I, I promise I won't oversleep the uh, beginning of the podcast. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> like that's why I came in abruptly 20 minutes and you know. <laughs> so. nice. Well, well, no worries at all there. And yeah, so follow us on Twitter. The letter R, Bill Simmons Pod. We're on there. Um, give us a shout, give us some feedback if you like it. And if you want to be on the pod, if you have a topic to discuss or you want to be a guest, it's really simple to come on the pod. It's just an audio link. There's no video or anything. And it's a, it's a good time. So we will, we went, we may see you in another episode. We may not, this might be the only episode we will, uh, we'll see what happens, but I I had a great time gentlemen. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see you guys around the sub. Yeah. See y'all. All right, see ya.